everyone. Welcome to a bonus episode of the Use Guys That Podcast. I am Jay. We have Christopher and we have Angel. Special guest today. You can find him on Twitter. Comrade Klaus. Uh, it's at Klaus Calls. K-L-A-U-S-C-A-L-L-S. You're a fan of the show. We're a fan of his. You joined us for the conversation today. Thank you very much for coming on to the show, man. Appreciate it. Hey, pleasure to be here. So, Big fan of the show. Well, we well we really appreciate it, and you know, there's no point in having a platform if you can't have your fucking friends come on and talk to you. Otherwise, what's the point of doing this? So, um, you're you're welcomed here, and we're really excited. Uh, this that this gentleman, Comrade Klaus, put together. Now, if I wanted to call him Comrade Claus because I wanted to use that against my little niece who was being kind of a brat the other day when we were playing Uno. She was kind of getting a little bit crafty and starting to get a little bit. Uh, she was starting to get a little uh, spitfire energy in there. I wanted to say, <laughs> I know comrade. I know comrade Claus, who instead of distributing the presents to all the good children, he takes them away from you and then redistributes them to the working class. So I'm going to use that next time <laughs> I talk to her. Be like, I know a guy. You better watch your backside, young lady. Anyway. Um, I want to talk to you about how you came to the Liberty Movement. This is something that we normally do when we have somebody new come on and talk to us. And we're going to talk about on-ramps for red pilling. So if you wouldn't mind telling the audience a little bit more about yourself, um, and uh, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, so uh, it was maybe two and a half years ago. I um, was listening to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, and he had on Dave Smith for the uh, – it's the year in review that he does on a show and he calls it the state of the union. And uh, I had never heard of Dave or any of these concepts and he just made so much sense with what he was saying. And I started listening to Dave and from there, um, I was a mailman at the time. And so I would walk around for 10 to 12 hours a day and just listen to podcasts. And so I just listened to basically everything I could get my hands on and listen, listen, listen. And I think something that I, one of my strengths is um, synthesizing ideas and creating them into concepts and systems. Um, I think one of the, my, my strengths is learning how to teach people and to break things down into basic parts. Um, and so I think part of what I was coming, uh, my thought was how to bring more people in a systematic way to liberty. I think that's excellent. Um, you're a, you're a, a student of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and uh, I am one that's in limbo right now until I uh, wrap up my education. But uh, that's something that we talked about, you and I. What is what is it you think about BJJ that is uh, applicable to red pilling? What or or in the liberty movement in general? in critical thinking, stuff like that. What do you think it gives it uh, the kind of power to act as maybe as an on-ramp? Yeah, so I, I kind of started with Joe Rogan. Um, and for me, it was learning personal responsibility. And I've heard some people describe the Libertarian Party as almost the party of personal responsibility. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, although I think it's, you know, the LP has its own issues. Sure. Um, but I think just learning to do things for yourself and to create that personal responsibility that, you know, there's this quote by Chris Gardner um, that I always loved. It's the cavalry ain't coming. And, uh, you know, it's just learning to, to be able to be confident with yourself and to know that it's, you are the one constant in every action in your life. Um, and really just looking inward sometimes to be able to, uh, find the answers to our problems, not necessarily looking for external validation. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where it comes from is I think things that are really hard, you know, you don't, you didn't, nobody else lifted that bar for you. You know, no, if you're going to the gym and you're putting in that work, that that's on you. Mm-hmm. You have only yourself to, to rely on. And ultimately I think just things like jujitsu that are really hard, where, you know, just the other week I got my lips split open and I had to go to the hospital and get three stitches in it. You know, I, I could sit here and feel sorry for myself or I could, you know, to use it as a learning experience to grow and, and to be a stronger person on the end of it. So that's, I think just doing hard things that make you grow as a person are really important. I, uh, 
the the thing about jujitsu, at least when I was thinking about it from your from the angle that we had discussed, is that it's not a stupid person's martial art. And I don't I'm not going to crap on any of the other martial arts, except for like the stuff that you see on like McDojo life that's on a, on Instagram where you have these idiots using their chi. And it's like literally like mm -hmm. a cult where they're just like using their energy to disarm somebody, which is a flaming pile of horseshit. As anybody knows anything like there's no real Jedi's out there. You're not going to be able to do that. They're going to take they're going to kill you if you try to use your chi in a real life situation. <laughs> um but with the thing about martial arts, you know, there is a there is an aspect of it where you do have to think critically because it's almost like the way that I was taught by the professor that was um, that that I trained under specifically in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu was like he told you always told it's like kind of like a flow chart. So you have a starting point and you're like, are you in this situation? Yes. OK, well, is this happening? No. Well, then if this isn't happening, you have to try this. If this doesn't work, then you have to go to that and you have to constantly be thinking of ways to solve the puzzle. Um, and I think that a lot of people would benefit that because you can't blame a lot of these people who went to 15,000 hours of public education who weren't taught critical thinking skills. I, I've, you know, still being in academia right now, I can tell you that even at a high level, critical thinking skills are still not as strong as you would expect them to be. And I think that martial arts does teach you a lot of critical thinking skills because your life could potentially be on the line. So it's not a joke, but jujitsu. I remember the first time I went to the gym and I put my gi on and stuff and I'm like, and I was nervous because first of all, there's like, before, before I went in, I went in for a gi class. So for those of you that are not familiar, the gi is like the pajamas. It looks like pajamas, right? You got the pants, you got the, the kimono and you got the belt, right? Okay. Now there's a class before that that's no gi. So essentially it's like wrestling in your, in, in, in your underwear or like spandex. Right. Um, I came in while they were still doing that. And there was one guy who fights in Bellator, which is a competing uh, company to UFC uh, uh, doing an open mat with somebody else who was uh, like in the PFL or something like that. They were both training and I'm like, Oh God, like, I'm going to have to do stuff like that with them. Like, I was already terrified. And then I got to the warm-up. And let me tell you something, comrade class. I thought I was going to die. Like, I, as soon as you know how you start with your shrimps, and you shrimp out on your side, then you shrimp out on your elbow, then you shrimp out on your arm. And it's like, after I got through three lines of that, I had to stop. And that was only the first warm-up for the fucking exercise. <laughs> I was so – but no, man. Like, it's not – it's not a strip mall martial art. This is serious fucking business. And the many times I had to tap to exhaustion before I could even get into using any technique whatsoever. That's how tough it is. So do you think that jujitsu lends uh, critical thinking to the practitioner? Man, you're, you're a poet. I'm almost like a, a master builder <laughs> over here. You know, I, I'm just thinking back to some of your, uh, some of your stories here. No, no sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I think you put you hit it on the head. It's it's a systematic way of uh, of execution. It's you know you're you're talking about progressing through um, positions to be able to apply holds to be able to then submit people. So it's a linear progression systematically, um, and I think it's really helpful. And I think you're onto something when you when you say that that it's incredibly difficult and one of the things that really helps is coming at it with an open understanding and that white belt mentality that you said and i think that's that's very accurate it's it's a hard thing and you know it's your your, your description is very accurate I, <laughs> I think i might have to use that from now on when i'm pitching people into it it's it's a fun one but it's it's one of those that'll make you really uh, question some of your, some of your abilities um, when you first start it. And uh, you only, you have to be broken down before you can almost be built back up sometimes. That's a great point. And you know, the thing is, is uh, one thing that it will teach you is, um, so for example, when you do um, fundamentals, you guys, so there's several different classes, whether it's gi or no gi, fundamentals. So like your white belts, which I am, 
they'd stick you in these in these fundamental classes. You're not going to do an open role straight away because that's like throwing you into the deep end of the water. And that's how you're going to lose students. I think any good professor is not going to do that to you because if he wants you to come back, he doesn't want you to almost drown and not want to go back to the pool. Like that's a very bad business decision. So they made us do fundamental classes. Okay. Now, fundamental classes is you would get paired up. So my first day, I'll never forget it. My first day, I walked out of there high on adrenaline because I survived. It wasn't like I achieved anything other than I finished the class. So, which was, I thought was like, I, I was like, I should get a trophy for that because like I'm fucking old and, and fucking fat and I'm tired and I made it. I didn't die. There was no ambulance. They didn't have to call in the life flight. I survived. And I remember my wife took me to McDonald's or no, she went to McDonald's before the class is over. She had a fucking milkshake and a sandwich in the car. So after all those calories I burned, I put them right back on. Anyway. Um, That's a good woman right there. <laughs> right? Here's your treat, sweetheart. Right. Um, I, like I fucking earned this shit. Oh God, it never tasted so good. It never tasted. After the, after the Mongol horde had its way, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. I love this guy. Well done. <laughs> Well done. We're working on the t-shirt, by the way. We're working on it. I can't wait. Don't wait. Don't worry. We're we're working on it. But um with with regard to that. Yes. Well, with regard to that class, I had I was paired up with a black belt who also was a high school wrestling coach, a former wrestler. Oh, good lord. And a high school wrestling coach for uh one of the local schools in the area. You're not getting out of that one. Now hold on a second. I'm just about six (laughs) foot, and when I put down weight, I just put down a lot. Okay, big man. This, this gentleman was five foot seven, maybe 140 pounds. And he put me in the guard and I had, we were doing um, like, he was teaching us how to do sweeps. So we did like scissor sweeps and Gracie sweeps and stuff like that. Before I knew what was happening, this man who was half of my size in every regard, pulled, pushed me around like I was nothing. And I think that that's one thing that that martial art has above. I think it's, People are going to get pissed off. And if you want to get pissed off, that's fine. I did. I did karate. I did Japanese jujitsu. I did. I did a little bit of judo. I did all that stuff. Judo's really hard on your body, man. When you're a big dude, because you don't start like one up, one down. Like there's not somebody on the mat. And then you're somebody standing over you trying to pass your guard. You're standing and they're just throwing you around. And if you don't, even if you break fall properly, like the next fucking day, like you feel like you're 90 years old and you got thrown down a flight of stairs. Like you feel like you got thrown down a fifth floor walk up on the lower east side in New York. Like it hurts. So jujitsu was very nice because you start one up, one down, you know, as part of the fundamentals class. But here's somebody who's half my size in every regard treating me like a rag doll. And I thought it was incredibly important because it just goes to show you that, yes, size is huge. It's important. There's no question about it. But when it comes to somebody with skill, the bottom line is this. Don't fucking fuck with anybody on the street. You never know who you're going to run into out there who is a trained goddamn killer. You know what I mean? That's great advice. Or somebody that's absolutely crazy and has a knife in their pocket that'll stab you in the neck. Like, you you don't know. There's People always are that. Right? There's like always homeless, homeless Florida man on bath salts. Right. <laughs> right. I mean. Face eating. Face right? eating bath salts. Um. <laughs> I want to ask you about this. So what, like, we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show, and I know that a lot of our fans, even the people are detractors, and like, here we go again. We keep it real short. You all know what my red pill is for regular people, right? It's the police, specifically with puppy side. Okay, that's generally something I like to start with. Uh, In fact, just recently, what was it in Chicago? I posted a link on Twitter. Uh, There was a 13-year-old boy was shot and killed by the police quote, allegedly have a what had a weapon, the police will not release badge cam footage without a court order. They are refusing to Surprise, do it. Pikachu I know, case. right. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm still surprised because I'm thinking, you know, one of these days we're going to get it, right? Like, one, no, no, you're not going to get it. The Standing yeah. Army of Occupation does whatever it wants. But, right. but with that being the case, that is how I like to make introductions to people. That's like the first dose. What is your approach Comrade Klaus, how do you go about it or how would you like to go about it? Gosh, there's, you know, so many different ways to approach it. I I think it's almost so important to take into account who your audience is, what your time preference is. Definitely key. Yep. And I I like to use time preference as one of mine because there's so many different ways to, to move people and to influence them. Um, You know, there's, things like 
talking about um, monopolies, let's say, is one I like to use oftentimes coming from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it's very left over here. Um, Antifa is a big, you know, uh, topic of, you know, some people's leanings. Um, I think it's important to, you know, for these kind of people to bring it to monopolies. How can I convince an anarcho syndicalist or ancom or some of these guys that, uh, their, their philosophy has some flaws in it. Well, I can bring up how monopolies and increasing the size of, of our one monopoly is only going to hurt them. Um, or there's other topics like uh, maybe saying Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin is a very different avenue to go. And I know that's the route that Rollo and Slappy like to play, um, which I would say is some of the, the lowest time preference uh, possible. I mean, you're talking about planting that seed in someone that has so many different legs you can play off of. Mm. And that's one that you're getting them to buy into. You know, if somebody's invested into Bitcoin, it's pretty easy to be able to then go off on the Federal Reserve or to then go off on capital gains taxes or to go on them having to show their ID and put their face up to the camera if they want to buy some Bitcoin. You know, these are all really easy concepts to, to discuss with people. And so I don't know. Uh, does anybody else have any other ideas? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's like a few like and, and like I definitely agree with you. Like, like you definitely need to read the room and know your audience. And then you have to like figure out, you know, what subject can you inject that, you know, that you're most likely going to agree on. And like more often than not, like. Like a lot of like a lot of people I work with are definitely like fall hardcore on that left right, you know, political scale dichotomy. So like if I'm talking to, you know, somebody whom I know is a conservative, uh I, I will try to avoid I, I will try to avoid topics like the cops because they have a tendency to be bootlickers when it when it comes to the fucking police like you know they're the they're those blue line people so i'll bring up you know topics like like you know just like free market ideals you know like a lot of people who are conservatives can actually agree with with that but then it gives you that opportunity to point out like well yeah you like this idea of the free market but like you understand that we don't have a free market so to speak like if there's a free market like fucking show me where it's at so that that can kind of like snowball into a conversation just on that topic alone um which you know would be a relatively easy way to to you know start to red pill somebody but in terms of time preference it might take a little a few primers you know to kind of lead them down that path um so that would be like a pathway i could take like say like especially with somebody who considers themselves a, a conservative or or even talking about you know second amendment uh you know gun rights in, in general um you know that that's another group of people that you can really discuss that with and then uh you know if you're talking to somebody on the left depending on where they're at it's a lot easier to discuss topics like the police with them and policing and, and going from there because I find obviously that a lot of people uh, you know on the left that aren't like hardcore like Antifa types but consider themselves to be like like liberal types like they have you can get them with the ideas of you know defund the police it's just most of them that spout that slogan have no thought behind it like it's just a slogan to them so you kind of have to really build that narrative up for them so that's kind of like an angle you can take with your traditional left right people um but like i said i think my ideas definitely have the the longer time uh, time preference where you have to really kind of maybe have a couple conversations with them have a few, few primers in there like jay said mentioned the puppy side like who doesn't love dogs um plant those know. seeds yeah yeah you got to plant those seeds for sure um I, I just personally, I think with a lot of people on the left, it's harder to, I find most of them, and you're welcome to disagree with me, but I find that most of them on, on, that are like really on the left are a lot harder to red pill because a lot of them don't necessarily hate the state. They just want the state to do what they want them to do. Um, you know, same way with, uh, 
you, you know, like, like once again with police, it just depends on where they're at on the left. You know, you got your extreme authoritarian left, and then you got your people that kind of consider themselves to be like the classical liberal, a little more level-headed and kind of easier to talk to than, than some of the extremists. Um, which is why I guess, you know, with some people on the extreme, I don't really, and maybe, maybe I'm willing to accept the fact that maybe it's the wrong way to go about it, but I kind of just give up on them. I would rather push them further to the fringes than try and get them on my side. Yeah. And I think almost if you're looking at it in terms of, are they red pill versus blue pill? Right. Are they radical or are they progressive? Yeah. Yeah. Do they believe in the system and that you can incrementally save it? Or is it something that has to be almost blown up and redone in a new way? Uh, exactly. Can you keep doing the same thing over and over again? I mean, that, that would be a progressive thinking that you can just gradually and incrementally change the system. You can't change the system. No, no, yeah. you can't. Um, nope. <laughs> Angel, what, do you, what about you? I, I think it goes more along the lines of, for me, yes, a combination um, of, but, of what both of you had already you know, stated, but also are they more interested in being right than listening to what you have to say? And if they're more interested in their point of view and being right or trying to get the last word, then you're probably having like, you know, not the best of luck in trying to get them to have an open mind to hear what you have to say. And I, I mean, it takes years sometimes when you plant seeds and this is, I'll, I'll use this as an example, like two or three years ago, I was talking about like, it's really crazy. The amount of pedophiles that are out there and it's just disgusting. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, nobody wanted to hear it. And in my place of employment, they're like, I don't want to listen to this. Well, one of my coworkers nieces, you know, as she got older, she, you know, made a TikTok account and she started talking about this and like, you know, pedophiles and, and things of that nature. And finally, my coworker was like, holy crap. And then like, she kind of like a light went off in her head. And then she started talking about the things that I was talking about like two or three years ago. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I told you this three years ago. And you like, you didn't want to listen to me then you kind of like turned it off, you know? So it, it takes time when you plant seeds as well. I agree with you. And if I had to, now everybody knows, I already talked about my, and you know, how I like to do the introductory course. I would like to call it, you know, bringing people over and starting to get the wheels turning. And that's of course, attacking the police because the police are the standing army of occupation that if you're the constitutionalist, this is what your founding fathers warned you of. It's not even a joke. Um, we already have the central bank. We have a private central bank. So that's in there and the police to defend the pedophile class, the ruling class. So the thing is, is, um, you know, to more to Angel's point, the, the thing that we have to, I think that we have to be careful, whether you're, you know, a hardcore libertarian, uh, like a capital L one or, or an anarchist uh, of any stripe is to avoid the, I told you so's, you know what I mean? I think that's like, I think it's, it, it's, it's terrible that it takes so long for people to come along on something like, for example, a pedophilia, when it's clearly, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's a conspiracy theory. Well, now, as we have seen, like there, we did a blog post about this, Comrade Klaus, about how certain conspiracy theories regarded as conspiracy theories eventually were discovered in the, in the light of truth that were factual, like Operation Northwoods, the Gulf of Tonkin incident. And then if we go all the way back to the founding of the so-called Republic, that right there was a conspiracy. They weren't sent Ooh. there to do, um, to. they were not sent there to create a new form of government. They were there to shore up the Articles of Confederation and just decided, fuck you, we're locking the windows, nobody's allowed out of here until we come up with a new document. You know what I mean? So we could go all the way back to that. But when it comes to the pedophilia thing and the trafficking of children, I always fall back on the Franklin cover-up with Boys Town out of Nebraska, where uh, Paul Bonacci uh, told the story about how he was passed around by the political elite. 
He made it to Bohemian Grove. He was forced to perform sexual acts on an underage child. They murdered the child. They threw him out of an airplane and, quote, the men in hoods would find the body. Like, terrible shit has been going on for a very long time, at least here. And, of course, this is time immemorial. Whenever you have a ruling class and money involved, they can do whatever they want. I mean, we, we, we talk about Elizabeth Bathory. We've talked about it before. I mean, she would bathe in the blood of virgin women. It was only when they ran out of poor girls and started killing girls that were wealthy that the parents actually had the ability to do something because they had money. So that's the only reason why we found out about her, right? So these things have been going on for a long time. But I think it's really important to avoid telling people, I fucking told you so. You know, you're, you, you stupid idiot. You weren't paying attention. It's like, great. You finally made it to that first step. Mm-hmm. Do not discourage people when they make that. Like, just because they don't go from the Democrat to anarchist in an afternoon. <laughs> no, right. You know I what know I mean? What you mean, but I was like, I know, Kelly, I spoke to you about this, you know, right. Like, yeah. Three years. No, ago, no, no. I'm not being know, critical. Like, <laughs> like a <laughs> fucking a toto. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's your black flag? You dumb bitch. No, I mean, <laughs> right. Um, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. For No, for sure. But like. Sometimes too, like you, you can just see it on their faces. Like they've completely checked out. You say something that like mm-hmm. is, you know, contradictory to their own programming. They just, there's a certain look that comes over their face and it's like a blank stare. Yeah. It's a washed over glaze, like, a glazed over look. Yeah. You know, and what? right with then, a lot, you know, with, I lost that person. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing with like a lot of like normies, like unless they hear it, like on their preferred corporate news platform, like it's not reality to them. So for like a lot of people, like especially when you're talking about like the pedophilia problem, like that problem wasn't real until Epstein got caught and then hung himself Mm -hmm. underwear in, (laughs) in his cell where the cameras were conveniently off and the guards were conveniently asleep. Yep. Um, so for like a lot of people, like until they heard about that shit, what was that two, three years ago now, or has it been that long? Am I? Am it's, I? Might be two. Uh, we're approaching two, two years. years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for a lot of people, like until that stuff started getting reporting on the news in connection to Epstein, it wasn't real to them. It was just conspiracy theory. Just like before Edward Snowden put the NSA on fucking blast. Uh, back in 2013, everybody thought you were a fucking loony tune. Like the government's not spying on you. And if you don't have any, if you're not doing anything wrong, what do you have to worry about? Well, you know, now it's common knowledge that, yeah, they listen to everything you fucking do. But yet they can't catch the pedophiles that kidnap. Right. 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 How interesting. Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. Um, How How ineffectual their systems are that are supposed to be in place to protect us. Right. Yeah, yeah, allegedly to protect us. Like, yeah, yeah that, allegedly. <laughs> um, now, avenues of red pilling. You mentioned, um, Comrade Klaus, uh, about the uh, the ANCOMs and the syndicalists that are in Portland, which if we're going to use the word insurrection, and we made a big mockery of the insurrection, not to mock anybody who died, but the fact that the, uh, the legacy media was uh, coining it as an insurrection on January 6th of this year, which, if any, it's a riot. It was a riot that happened. I... An insurrection is when John Brown goes down to Harper's Ferry and, and begins arming people in bondage. That's an insurrection. Um, what we're seeing in Portland, I would argue, is an active insurrection and has been for almost approaching a year now. Yeah, like what's going on there? Can you like explain what's happening? Because I still I'm, I'm confused. Oh, that would that would make two of us to be to be honest with you. <laughs> I thought I was missing something. But I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is happening? Man, it was like a hundred days over the summer where every day they were rioting outside of the courthouse and burning everything they could find with their you know uh, garbage can lid shields going up against the the cops in full riot gear. It was. It was pretty entertaining to watch, but um, <laughs> nowadays that they're got that their buddy uh, comrade Joe's in there, I don't I don't know what they really have to be be so mad about. Um, you know, I think the, the you know the hero of the working class, Kamal <laughs> Biden over here. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> fucking fucking old, old, old fucking Joey Soft Hands. Soft. Yeah, fuck, fucking Joey Soft Hands over here. Fucking show the corpse. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. The goddamn Does he have two keeper. hands? I'm not sure anymore yeah. after the, <laughs> the interview with the microphones. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Boy, that stirred up. But let me get back to what you were talking about, about the Ancoms and the syndicalists. Now, I have, I have to atone for over a year of going after these people. And I, may, I meant it when I said it. Like, I agree with 50% of what they're pitching. Okay. I also acknowledge Michael Malice has made a point of this several times that ANCOMs are the first anarchists. There is, there was no such thing as a motherfucking ANCAP, as any, like, the, none of that shit existed. It was, you know, collectivist anarchism was the, uh, was the flavor. You know, that was the original flavor. Now, of course, you get into platformism and then you, of course, get into anarchists who are, you know, the propaganda of the deed where Ravishal is bombing restaurants and shit like that in Paris. And then, of course, you have the anarchists that attacked the stock exchange that started part of the the first Red Scare in the 1920s. Um, and then the Palmer raids and all that shit. Right. Like those were like Emma Goldman is an anarcho-communist. I would argue that Voltaire de Clare would be an anarcho-communist. Lucy Parsons, an anarcho-communist. That's fine. I, I think that, you know, we shouldn't ignore the heritage of the movement because we don't agree on the economics. Right. So we do agree on the anti-authoritarianism. And, you know, when Emma talks about individualism, I, could, I can't help but feel inspired by what she says. Again, I'm not going to live in a commune with her. Like, my door's not going to be unlocked in her little commune. Well, I'll live on the other side of the mountain. But when they, like, I make the joke, like, look, when they run out of food, we'll be sure to help them. You know what I mean? Because they're not, their gardening skills, unfortunately, have been shown to be uh, poor at best and dangerous at worst. Um, but uh, at the same time, like I, I live with an anarcho syndicalist or at least one that says he is one. Oh gosh. Um, my son, um, <laughs> who shall not be named. I mess with them and say bicyclists and he's like, what? And I'm like, you're a bicyclist. And he, he hates it. <laughs> he, um, yeah, he doesn't like it when angel messes with him. And I, I, I encourage him. It's fine. He's got like, I, he, he gave me money last year. First of all, he wanted to unionize the McDonald's he works at. Okay. So he works at McDonald's part-time, which we all know that if you try to unionize that shop, he'd be fucking unemployed before he could get to the last, to the last end in union. So, um, but he's talked about, he wants to join the IWW. He has like a red and black syndicalist black cat flag in his room and shit like that. And, and I think that that, listen, that's fine. I'm not sure how serious he's taking it, but at the same time, there are genuine anarcho syndicalists and I, I'm fine with it all because once again, like we talked about with Jeremiah Harding, I don't know if you've listened to any of those episodes. There's definitely a need for panarchy where we all don't have to agree on the economics of it, that we can go our separate ways. If you want to live in a commune, by all means, live in a commune. They exist right now as we speak. You can do whatever you want. Right, knock yourself the fuck knock out. Knock yourself <laughs> out. Like, I don't care. We could still be friends. I'm just not going to, you know, go over there. Like, I'm going to be hanging out with, like, the regular people that, you know, don't believe in collectivism. That's fine. But I think a lot of what we're seeing in Portland and a lot of what we're seeing in the movement of so-called anarchists is a lot of LARPing. I think we're seeing a lot of Bolsheviks in disguise, I think we see a lot of anarchists who claim to be anarchists, but are actually Marxists because they're like, well, we have to utilize the state in order to get to the stateless society that Marx talked about. Yeah, we've we've seen that tried a couple of times recently, and it really never turns into a classless society. It turns into a new ruling class, which is the party. And then, of course, you have the proletariat is still standing in line waiting for four ounces of bread. You know, and, you know, you can't plant your own private garden, shit like that. And then, you know, seven million Ukrainians starved to death in one year and so on and so forth. Do you feel that there's a lot of LARPing or do you feel that these people are actually committed ANCOMs or syndicalists? No, uh, I think a lot of these guys and gals would uh, happily have voted for Bernie Sanders. And if Bernie hadn't have been cheated out of the Democratic primary, I uh, I mean, I was a Bernie guy in 2012 and okay. 2016. Um, it was only until I realized that economics was a thing and that, you know, math kind of doesn't lie that I learned the, the failures of, of said, said programs advocated by them. But uh, I think a lot of these progressives is really what I would call them. They believe in the system, that they can incrementally reform the system. Yeah. I, I don't personally share that view. Not at all. 
it's impo- like I, I've I, told people that too. You can't vote your way out of this shit. Mm-mm. Vote harder. Yeah, vote harder, way, baby. Right. Vote harder. Vote harder. Vote early. Maybe vote off. Maybe maybe next maybe next election, which is going to be the most important election of your lifetime. Your version five. Right. <laughs> this five is <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. Do you we I, I always like to hear what people like to read. What are like if you had to recommend texts to someone who you're trying to like, you know, edge them over uh, to the liberty side of the discussion? What are some recommended texts that you've read that you would recommend to someone who you're trying to introduce these uh, radical ideas to? So I'm kind of a weirdo that I came at it from an economics standpoint. Um, it was really once I started understanding economics that I realized there's a difference in the different types of economics. Um, there's Austrian, there's Keynesian, uh, all sorts of other kinds. And I think differentiating between hard sciences and soft sciences. Um, so any of the hard sciences oftentimes will have a longer time preference and easier on-ramps for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I heard listening to an economist was the fingerprints of the gods and how so much of what is you know recorded history in air quotes, of course, is a constructed series of events. Mm-hmm. Um, and that history is often, you know, much deeper than what we all are taught in our 15,000 hours of education. Mm-hmm. That I think one thing I really liked was Fingerprints of the Gods to recommend to people. Um, one I'm reading right now is Lysander Spooner, uh, No Treason. I think that's one of the you know, greatest greatest text to hand to somebody that is already there but as far as getting somebody there i think they have to get there themselves and you have to kind of nudge them with uh, on ramps such as bitcoin or other ways to be able to kind of slowly but surely uh, move them on whichever area you're looking at so when chris was talking about how much effort it would take to move an ancom uh to be red pilled uh, maybe that's not your uh, the best use of your time. Uh, maybe it's a better idea to you know convince them that their progressive ways are not the answer, to move them more to the radical side. Um, you know, people like Aaron from TLE are masters at this, mm-hmm. of really just using a reductio ad absurdum um, as a master to show how ridiculous these ideas are. And why don't you play that out? Take that to the logical conclusion and see where that ends up. And I think oftentimes people don't play out their decisions. They're not playing that decision out to see where that leads. Um, And so doing that for people, using the reductio, um, it can be a really powerful tool to move people in different directions. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Like when uh, when, when Aaron cracked the code, what was it almost a year ago um we're coming up on a year anniversary where he uh disguised himself as a marxist leninist and started attacking the left from a far left position i felt that he has stumbled on some like one of the greatest things i've ever seen it's genius it, it was yeah it was pure genius and it was flawless like he was winning again and again and again because it couldn't be argued against at least from the person with whom he's arguing it was impossible for them for them to win the argument not so much silence him they would just quit because they're like there was no more it was almost like playing chess he 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 boxed you in using your own strategies or at least using an ideology that actually means you know is like remember when he said that uh marxism leninism by far is like with the soviet union is you know the greatest example of success in the history of marxism leninism and then you have these you know you know, these, like I use the word that Chris got got me turned on to, like these waterheads, these social Democrats who want to tiptoe through it. They think they can walk between the raindrops with it. And it's impossible because social democracy is not, that is not the path 
that you're going to achieve any of these radical ideas with. It's just impossible because there's an inevitably like think about it from from a European point of view. Right. How many different countries have large social democratic parties? So I'm thinking like Germany, for example, they still had a market economy. So they had mm -hmm. a extremely like tightly regulated capitalistic system, but there was no abandonment of capitalism whatsoever it was because just they they can't in order to fund their social programs they still need to take money from the private sector correct like yeah. there's there's no way there's no way to have your fucking your fucking social utopia without somebody to fucking fund it <laughs> yeah yeah no I, you're absolutely right and norway is another great example because norway has a uh, has a huge uh social welfare system and and a safety net and all that there's a couple of different things that people forget about when they cite that example. I work with a guy who uh, told me, and I love him to death. He's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. And he told me that uh, he's, I'm going to try to do his accent. His name's Steve. Steve P. We'll leave it at that. He's, he's a coworker of mine. And he's like, well, you know, you keep talking about China. And China is not exactly what I would call a communist country. That's actually a state capitalist country. And I'm like, Steve, you can't have it both ways. Like you can't like it's either like totalitarian communist or like it's a t you're going to tell me there's totalitarian capitalism. Well, <laughs> what, which one is it like it's, it's, it's the most free market that we've ever seen in communist China. Like it's, it's come full circle, right? Like it started on the far left and now it's gone so far left. It's gone to the far right. You know, I got to do my Alex. Turn in, turn turn in the frogs gay. Turn the frogs gay. <laughs> I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, like I have this argument with him about it. Right. And he cites he goes in for the Norway like it's playing chess with somebody. He's a very intelligent guy. He's a civil engineer and uh, or excuse me, a biomedical engineer. And he comes at me with this and then I, and then he goes with the Norway. I always wait for Norway. I always wait because that's one of their favorite ones to cite. And I'm like, like, Jay's like, I've set the trap. Yes. Yeah. Spring it. <laughs> that's right. I, I've set the Eight. Norway trap. Um, and um, <laughs> And he goes, he goes for it. And I'm like, okay, so you're talking about a homogenous country with less than 10 million people who all look the same, who also benefit. I was like, you environmentalists love to tell us how much you hate fossil fuels. How do you think Norway pays for all of its social programs? The selling of petroleum products. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And you just see. <laughs> yep, it, just, it just goes wimpy, 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 nice right. and soft, back into its sheath tucked into the trousers it's over he can't fuck anybody now like he has gone soft as dog shit in the rain and, and you know <laughs> I, that's I, pretty soft man pretty goddamn soft but no that's a favorite one that they love to cite they love to cite that one and it's blatantly obvious that they're profiting from petroleum sales so much so because they forget that they have north sea platforms right off the, co the coast of norway where they're making a lot of money off of this stuff Right. So they can finance all this shit and they have a small country. You can't do that with 350 million people, especially when they're telling you, you can't even fucking drill and do anything. They just expect that we're just going to print the money. That's what we're going to do anyway. What was yeah. it that we've printed? All the money that's ever existed has been printed within the last two years is like 20, like 30 percent of it has been printed in the last two years or something like that. Nobody understands that. Again, economics. They don't get that. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, that's one of my favorite examples, too, is like, you know, the social Democrat. We're like, oh, well, it's incrementalism. Incrementalism doesn't get you anything. And it, it, it's either commit to the radical platform. I'd rather right. deal with an anarcho-communist who is dedicated, like a serious, like Kropotkin fan, right? A Bakunin fan who's like, no, this I, I fully believe in this shit versus a fucking social Democrat. You milk toast, lukewarm breakfast. Yeah. Milk toast. Yeah. Soaked in, in milk breakfast cereal slurping motherfucker. That I, <laughs> I mean, because you're soft as dog shit, man. That's like that's such a shitty position. You're not going to achieve right. anything. Are it's you like a they're, radical they're, or they're not? playing a game of just the tip? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like it never works, man. No, no. Eventually, it's balls deep. Um, <laughs> right. Sorry, sorry, boss. Sorry, Angel. I'm, I apologize for that. You know, I don't want to get kicked I'm, off. The I'm show. not easily offended. You don't have to apologize. Okay, fair enough. So, I've completely, uh, I've completely shat all over my uh, Kiwi friend Steve P. and uh, his uh, Norway move on the chessboard. So, if anybody wants to use that, please go ahead. If you run into checkmate, Steve, yeah, checkmate, mate. Um, Check Mike. <laughs> he's a great guy. He's just he's very confused. He wanted to tell just, me that. just misguided. That's all. Well, dude, he told me the communist China was like, oh, that's a fully capitalist society. I'm like, 
uh, let me tuck my jaw back in. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, it's kind of like it's, they- it's fully capitalist. So long as the CCP controls it 100 <laughs> percent. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So um, we're talking about normie on ramps. Angel doesn't like this word, which is fine. She's made her case and I understand. So here's the reason why Go I ahead. don't like the word normie. And I will tell you the reason why. And this has nothing to do with you, comrade no, 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 Klaus. No. There's so, nothing to do with you. I, I feel like it needs to be defined what you mean by normie because normie could mean several different things. And I take it in this context as meaning left or right, you know, dichotomy, like the, 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 um, you know, political um, status of the United States. Typically there's the left, you know, Democrats and the right Republicans, cause that's all they have to choose from. And they're fine with that. So that's what I take as what people mean as normie, but I think that they haven't had a chance to catch up yet and we shouldn't just throw them away because I feel like using that term also further divides us and we always say the state is trying to divide us and make us you know focus on um like racism and and sexism and things like that and they use that as a tool to divide and i just think that we should be careful using the word normie i think it's a really fair point and very well said um it's all it's not the most uh generous term to use for somebody um certainly not and uh i think going back to what jay said earlier i mean it's not throwing it in people's faces you know not saying i told you so oftentimes just giving giving you know offering that hand um, to be able to pull them up from the rope hopefully not that other kind of rope that you guys were talking about the other day um (laughs) no not not that rope not that rope (laughs) Uh, uh, we're talking about we're talking about little rope and not flaccid penis here just to be clear if anyone's confused oh we're gonna there's a certain individual that's gonna hit us up in the comments so it doesn't matter yeah probably yeah fuck you youtube paul man but i think uh you know, you can always help somebody out by being nicer and just being a better steward of your fellow human. And I think that's a great, great motto to, you know, uh, take into account of just being a better person to your fellow neighbor. And I couldn't agree more. I think thank you for uh, helping me me grow on that one. That's, it's a good point. Go ahead. ahead. No, sorry, please go ahead. I think she makes a good point. And you know, normie is definitely used as a pejorative most of the time. I think that it, it maybe it should be clarified when somebody says normie. They don't mean like it's fun. It, yeah. Is it fun to shit on people who have terrible ideas? Well, yeah. I mean, we've made a habit out of it yeah. on this show right, right. since its inception. We've made an entire fucking podcast about it. Right. <laughs> uh, Your ideas suck. We're going to shit the fuck all over you. That's right. L- uh, uh, literally and physically. Uh, it's like a, um, like a Gallagher show. It really, yeah, I've actually been to one of those, and me too, me too. Love, got, like, got fucking fired up sitting in the front row. They brought out the Vis Queen to cover themselves, and there's just fucking watermelons and shit getting destroyed. Um, that was an experience. I sat in the back. We got really stoned in the parking lot, and then we went into the show. I had a great time. It was, it was really good. I ate like four packets of Twizzlers. It's always <laughs> food connected to memory for me because of obvious <laughs> reasons. Like, yeah, you went to the Galaga show, and they they, they were destroying food. Like, like yeah, I remember because I had Twizzlers. <laughs> I, was <laughs> yes, eating, I was eating fucking Twizzlers. It was great. Shit, it's fucking smashing fruit all over the place. Oh, yeah, I remember, it was like. It was it was like it was either late late nineties or like early two thousands. Like he actually came to the Canton Palace Theater. That must have been on the tour he went to the Akron Civic because I saw okay, him at the yeah, Akron probably Civic. probably I was gonna say it was probably the show he did either the night before or the night after depending on that? what direction he was going. Small but, world, right? Small yeah, world. yeah. So me and my buddy went to the Palace Theater to see him. That was awesome. cool. That is yeah. great. That was a, those are good memories and even the three right. included. So, right. Um, it's a favorite. It's a go-to when you're uh, high on the marijuanas. I recommend it. It's a tremendous <laughs> snack. Uh, they got different flavors now. They've got, uh, I like the plain regular one. Like they got chocolate. Eat a Twizzler. There you go. 
There you go. In that order or however, this is, you could do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, but, uh, the on-ramps for normal people, for people that have not been, uh, exposed to the culture, exposed to our ideas. You talk about Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, who was definitely my first red pill. Definitely. I think Christopher and I got red pilled, I think in the same fucking weekend, um, with, with Alex Jones specifically, but Jimmy Dore is a great one. And so is Glenn Greenwald, which like, is there an order that you would like to go into, um do you think that's that one like alex jones a lot of the things that i mean of course he, he gets crazy takes his shirt off and he's screaming <laughs> and he's he's right. drinking a lot more than he should have Obama, you devil <laughs> um i've extended an invitation to mr jones and i haven't heard from him yet and believe me i'm going to keep following up i'm going to keep trying to get mr jones on this show because i fucking love that man um, I was going to say, with the onboarding for uh, normies, you can actually get two birds stoned at once and just have them watch the Joe Rogan episodes with Alex Jones. Oh, God. Yeah, those are, those, I mean, yeah, that's an entire day. That's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the one with Eddie can Brown. I change my, can I change my answer from earlier to just showing, showing people that episode? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you may. Yeah, there, there's the rules here. You go right ahead. Um, right. But yeah, I, Alex Jones, I, okay, let me try to break this down. So we have four examples here. We have Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, Jimmy Dore, and, and Glenn Greenwald. So I'm going to try to break these down. Okay, so I'm going to put Alex Jones in the middle school category. Like that's your introductory class because it's so crazy that you're going to have to reread the book after it was assigned to you for you to get the whole, you know, cornucopia. I would like to put Joe Rogan at the high school level where you've matured a little bit and you could take dick and fart jokes really well, but also get something out of it. Um, I would put Jimmy Dore at the college level. Uh, and again, I can switch these around. I'm trying to think of maturity level going forward. And Glenn Greenwald is like the black belt level for me. Not because Joe Rogan isn't on that level or Alex Jones isn't on, but when you start talking about fucking interdimensional vampires and all this other stuff. To be uh, clear, he doesn't believe in that. The elite does. Great. I get that. But you know, some middle school kid's going to hang on to that and is going to start crafting a tinfoil hat as soon as he sees the video on, uh, well, he's not on YouTube anymore. Is he on BitChute? He's on BitChute, isn't he? Who, um, Alex? Yeah. For real? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I honestly don't. I know he's still got his own website. Yeah, and he still gets millions of hits on. His yeah, he's still got his own well. website. But as far like I don't know, I don't know if he's on BitChute. But as far as any of the, uh, you know, any of the incumbent platforms, mm. uh, he's been completely banned from. So no, yep. no, no YouTube's, no, 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 no Apple. Yep. No, no, no iTunes. No iTunes. None, none of that. No, he is banned. He's been yeah, he's, he's banned, man. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, he's making snow cones in Siberia. So, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> oh, so, but Glenn Greenwald, I put at the top of the list simply because the one thing that I think Glenn Greenwald broke that is so important is something that Christopher talked about earlier in the show, and that's about the the Prism program about the uh using the, the government using search engines and like uh, collaborating with private business to spy on you without any kind of judicial process whatsoever any kind of respect for these so-called amendments that are written on a piece of paper that the government regularly claims its backside with to me i glenn is that the is is the uh the final piece in that puzzle because I think that when you build on these other ones, like I said, you can move them all around in a different order. But I really feel Glenn Greenwald, maybe it's because he was the most recent, that that was the biggest story of the century, in my opinion. Because that was an act of conspiracy theory up until the publishing of that article. Okay. Everybody, somebody like Jones talked about it. Mm -hmm. Jones talked about fusion centers before they were acknowledged. Yeah. Okay? He's talked about star chambers and the FISA courts. And all that stuff when that was all rumor. Well, yeah, I mean, he talked about all of that. He stuff did previously, of course. And Alex has always been, you know, at the front of the at, at the front of the line when it came to the pedophilia, when it came to the ruling class and all the terrible things they were doing. Glenn Greenwald, I think, opened the eyes for a lot of people in the way that Alex Jones never could, because a lot of people are not going to. You see, Alex Jones, there, there's two kinds of people, right? 
there's two, there's one who's me, who's going to watch anything that he's, that he puts out. I'll listen and watch what I, I own. Uh, I end game, the blue, uh, blueprint for global enslavement. I, I own that. I own nine 11 ripple effect. Like I was deep into Jones, man. Like when I found him on coast to coast radio with fucking art bell, I was in love minute one. I was like, Oh shit. I got to find out more about this guy. But Glenn Greenwald, if we're going to use the term normie, that's how you get people because they're going to read the fucking interceptor. At least they used to mm-hmm. until the intercept kicked them out, which is amazing, by the way. I, he I, left. Or, or he left. Rather. Yeah. I mean, was I, Who knows what happened behind the scene? But he wasn't too happy about the direction that the paper was going in. But with that being the case, Glenn Greenwald acted as such a red pill for regular Americans, flag saluting motherfuckers, as Pauly Walnuts calls them in The Sopranos, for people to be like, hold on a second. All of these things that these people have been saying, that it's really happened. They're mm-hmm. really listening. They're collecting med- metadata. They're, they're going through our emails. They're doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, of course, you're always going to have the people, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, then what do you got to hide? What are you worried about? Why do you pull the shades down before you jerk off? You don't want people watching you jerk off. <laughs> right. But that only they seeing that midget stuff that I got going on in there. <laughs> right. That's what, like, I, I don't want the neighbors to know that I'm into midget clown porn. No, it, no, no. That's that's for your OnlyFans account. Yeah, you right? yeah. I, I got to keep off that, that shit private. Yeah. And make some money. Oh, my God. Right? This one time, not to change the subject. I'm sorry. Really quick. But like this one time, uh, Jay and I were hanging out and we were like pulling back in um, to like where he lives and his neighbor across the way had like full on fucking porn, just like slapping ass, like right in the fucking window. Dude. Watch your motherfuckers like, over there clapping cheeks. And he, had, <laughs> yeah, and he had like the fucking windows up, like no shame, dude. Just nah, fucking a big ass screen. That's right, man. Just doing 5.1 surround sound. Oh yeah, man. You're here and you're hearing the macaroni and cheese get stirred on that motherfucker, right, man. Sure. Macaroni oh. in a pot. <laughs> you, know, you know that dude was sitting on his fucking leather couch just having a stroke fest <laughs> nobody's around I, you know everybody's out i am just doing the knuckle shuffle on the piss pump on a saturday night he's gonna fire off a few knuckle children here right put this up on the big screen <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck oh man i'm sorry i didn't bring it up this time it's not my fault i'm not sorry my fault. but i just had you to blame the boss over there in the dungeon wherever right. she is um but glenn greenwald <laughs> for me is top of the list because a lot of regular people got introduced to these radical concepts that the state is not their friend. The state is not looking out for them, especially when they're checking their own data, even though you've not done nothing wrong and there's been absolutely zero due process. Things that we've been, you know, essentially weaned on since we were kids, right? Oh, everybody's equal under the law and we all get our day in court and due process and all this whole other cockamamie horseshit that turned out to be demonstrably false. Like, you know and what I mean? And that was a lie. And that, yeah. So that was a fucking lie. So I don't know how you feel about that. I just want to let everybody know this is going to have to be a two-part podcast. I have an entire other half of this gentleman's spreadsheet that he put together for us that we haven't gotten to, and we're going to get it. So we're going to have to do another episode at some point in the future. So this is not like you guys are going to get the full dose, full dose. This is part one. But Comrade Klaus, what do you think about the order of the Normie on ramps? Do you have a particular order? Is there anything you'd like to add to that order? Oh, I think uh, I think we've got a good start here. I think with uh, all of our collaboration, we can come up with a, a nice, fun, fun game that we can uh, all give the listeners something nice to look forward to. Um, oh, yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, I do want to leave it there because we're going to get into some other stuff in the, uh, the next time we talk, which hopefully will be in the very near future. Um, I would like to talk about uh, the censorship, the use of language, tools and strategies. We need to put all this together um, because I need we need to on the show. All jokes aside, um, uh, Comrade Klaus put together an amazing spreadsheet and we need to cover all the topics because uh, there's I, I say we didn't even get to touch 3D printing. Which... Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't get to do that. We didn't get to talk about war. Uh, we didn't get to talk about healthcare. We didn't get to talk about any of those things just yet. Uh, instead, we talked about uh, Angel talking about a pornographic incident that happened while I was uh, when she was in the car with me. So yeah, I mean, no, it's kind of like the same thing, right? Like if you leave your windows <laughs> open, like that, people are gonna watch you, like you right. know, jerking off the porn. I mean, like right. what? 
same thing with the government spying on you. There's a connection there. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. Like, oh, hey, look, George over there across <laughs> the street. He's watching people clap cheeks on his television. <laughs> Alexa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's brilliant. So um, to conclude this part one, uh, I would like to recommend all of uh, the listeners, the 17 and a half of you that are still hanging around. Just kidding. It's more than that. It's more like 20.3 or whatever. Um, I would like to uh, make sure that you go follow uh, Comrade Klaus. Again, he is at Klaus Calls, K-L-A-U-S-C-A-L-L-S. Special shout out. First of all, I'd like to say hi to Jaron at Dog underscore 13. We were talking about Ari Demezio, uh, the the uh, the trans uh, the trans person who is running for uh, Republican, um, what was it, sheriff of some county, New Hampshire. There's a reason why we haven't heard from her. She got arrested, and I didn't know that until Jaron said something to me. He sent me the article in Keen about with a big FBI fucking sting dealing with Bitcoin and money laundering, and she got fucking roped up. So she is not going to be coming onto the show nope, anytime soon. She was soon. scheduled for next week on Thursday. So she is under the jail. Yeah. Under the jail. And I'm pissed off about it because, you know, we're, I'm on her side. So whatever. Um, I just I want to thank Jaron uh, for pointing that out. He sent me a message earlier today. So thank you. Yes, a lot. sir. Thank you for the tip. Appreciate that a lot. Also, um, I know that um, we have to thank our sponsor, Akron Apothecary, of course, also known as unofficially as Todd's Very Gay Soap. Yeah, uh, I encourage very gay, incredibly very gay. So, does so, uh, I think Angel G H E Y Angel? Did you meet up with Todd yesterday? I did, and so like he gave me little like samples of soap, but oh, nice. Like, now we have it. now we have visuals, but yes. he didn't put the flavors on the back like he usually does, so I'm not sure what these are, but this is how they come packaged, and um. Yeah, so it's Akron handcrafted and with love yeah. for that ass. Yeah, I mean this is all yeah, done by for that like, ass. So yep. he gave me like a bunch of different bars of like soap, and like I have them in my bag here. Um, so here's another one. I think this one is the plain old soap one. Brilliant, um, nice. Yeah, and then there's this really, uh, I think this is new, but it's like ras. It smells like blue raspberry. Beautiful. And Let me say it's a very striking. Yes. Dude. Yeah, dude, it it yeah. smells yes. really good. Like so that way, that way I can have a raspberry gooch. Yes, yeah. please. And, uh, of course, he has the sweet tobacco, which um, I think it's this one. And that's what the one that Brian ordered. Yeah, that around. was the one. That was the one that B Rye was talking yeah. about. That's right, that he completely cleaned his paint, refreshed it, and moisturized right. it. Got some soap for that ass. That's like, right. So Todd, <laughs> check out his stuff. He's working on the Instagram page and probably end up having to do it for him because he's being a crybaby about it, saying he can't navigate Instagram. Yeah, don't I, say I anything don't... about it. Okay. Okay. Because she, the angel says she can't navigate the Instagram. I, I personally like the fucking Instagram. I think the Instagram is great. And if you got I a product, you? he did it all for the gram. I'll did it all for the gram. So I'm going to help him out with that. He's also going to come up with a promotional code that you're going to use uh, dedicated to this show. And you're going to get a percentage off on your purchase. You want to support small business. You want to help somebody out. You want to prove that you're friendly to the gay community? Stop being a fucking bigot and buy that goddamn soap from Todd the Gays. Agorism in action. You're goddamn right. And who doesn't like a clean ass? I mean, what are you? I mean, what is this? Is this Russia? No. This is the United States of whatever you want with a clean ass. So make no (laughs) no offense to our Russian listeners. And I didn't say Ukraine because Ukraine is a separate country with a separate language and a separate fucking identity. And I love you people. You keep it up and don't let those motherfuckers push you around. I think you're wonderful people. I love all of you guys, except for the people that left pornographic comments on one of our uh, fucking videos. Out of nowhere, <laughs> fucking Russian pornography uh, bots posting shit on there. Thanks very much. I'm not fucking interested. Nobody here pays for porn, okay? They go to the Jizz Hut or whatever the fuck it's called, and they and they get regular al dente free pornography like the guy who was doing the knuckle shuffle across the street from where I live. Um, I don't have anything else. Uh, info at useguyspod.com, useguysnet at gmail.com. Of course, follow Comrade Klaus and uh, follow uh, Comrade Jaron, jdog underscore one three. Check them out. This is part one. We will be having a part two so we can do justice to this wonderful spreadsheet of ideas that we have, uh, courtesy of our guest here, a fan of the show. Uh, in closing, I'll leave it to you to say anything else. If you have anything else that you would like to plug, please, now's the time. Well, thank you guys for having me on and you know i wish you guys a happy easter and uh shout out 
Mr. Sal, the Agorist 3D printer, go B-R-R-R. Get yourself a 3D printer. Yes. Thanks, guys. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. We're going to have you on uh, at, uh, to, fin to finish this up, but hopefully sooner rather than later, because we need to do justice to this. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening and watching. Please don't forget to subscribe on BitChute and YouTube. Please leave us a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. I know the gang appreciates it. And get the word out there. We're doing our best to uh, bring you decent content and give you good guests, uh, just like we did today. So, and also, this is a platform for fellow uh, anarchists and uh, liberty-minded people. If you have ideas, you want to come on, drop us a line. I've said the email right. so many goddamn times. You should have written it down by now. We also have a website called useguyspod.com. You can send us an email from there. Um, our entire video and library of uh, audio is on there as well. So, for me... Uh, enjoy your holiday weekend, everybody, uh, regardless of what you believe in. I just hope you eat well, and I hope that you don't listen to the government, and I hope that you see people that you love because it could very well be the last time you ever too. see them. Yeah, you never know when it's going to be the last time. So if you're lucky enough to have people around, don't fucking listen to the government. Make sure you check on the people that you love. Enjoy the dinner. They're not infinite. They are limited. Just like your time is on this rock, enjoy the time with the people that you love. And don't worry about it, okay? Now, Participate if you in civil disobedience and have some fucking ham with your goddamn family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or a cheesecake that Christopher's going to be making here. It's going to be tremendous. Um, yeah. If you're lucky enough to have people that you love, get out there and see them. If you've got the Rona, then maybe you shouldn't. But if you don't have the Rona, just don't spit in each other's faces. And I think that you stand a good chance of being okay. All right? But that's not. I'm not a medical professional. Don't take that as medical advice. I'm just telling you. If you have people, go see them and eat and enjoy because it's you're not going to last forever. OK, um, with that, I have nothing else. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back very shortly. Comrade Klaus will be back to finish up part two of this excellent yeah. podcast. So part thanks, two. guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.